Good evening, good evening, good evening, uh, um, my name is Apostle Joanne and Steve Hall, and I will be bringing forth the word of encouragement tonight. Before I get into the word of encouragement, I'd like to go before the Lord. Amen. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I want to thank you for this opportunity one more time to come before your presence. I want to thank you, God, for just keeping me and everyone under the sound of my voice. I want to thank you, God, for this day and this moment. I want to thank you, God, for making a way out of no way for all of us. I want to thank you, God, for keeping us, God, keeping our minds and our hearts, God, through and through, throughout the day and throughout the week, God. And, Lord, you've been faithful and you've been good, God. And, Lord, we thank you, God because you're a great and mighty God. And, Lord, we just say thank you. We appreciate you. We magnify your name. We exalt you because you are God and God alone, God. No one can do what you do. You do it all by yourself, and we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. We exalt you, and we say thank you, Father. Lord, I come to you with a heart of repentance right now in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I ask that you would search me, God. Yes, God, search my heart, my mind, God. Yes, God, the sins of omission and commission, knowing and unknowing, things that I have thought, my impure, my impure thoughts, God, things that I said before I even enter your presence, God. Lord, I ask that you search my ways, my habits, God. I lay my, my flesh at the altar, God. I lay my ways, my behavior, my attitude, God. Anything and everything that will hinder me, from hearing and receiving directly from your presence, God. Lord, I ask that you forgive me. I ask that you search me, oh, God, and that you know me, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, God. Father, Lord, I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, to grant me a new heart, God, and a right spirit to do your will and your will alone, God, in the name of Jesus Lord, I ask that you touch my mind in the name of Jesus. I bring my mind under submission to your will and your will alone, God, that you speak, God, that you move, that my mind and my heart come into sync with you in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. I thank you, God, for a new heart, not any kind of heart, but your heart, God that you put in me tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I thank you for the promise, people, the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Come in, move the way you see it fit. I yield all to you and you alone. Father, Lord, I ask that you would speak through me, God. Yes, God, I decrease so you may increase. That they don't hear me, but they hear you through me, God. I am a yielding vessel for your glory and your glory alone, God. Breathe through me, Father, God. Open up their ears for them to be able to hear. Open up their hearts to be able to receive what you're saying on tonight, God. Let the words come off the pages, God. Oh, God, speak to their hearts, God. Get the revelation and insight, God, like never before, God, in the name of Jesus. 
that she will get your glory and you alone will be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Move up and down through the phone line, God. Every atmosphere under the sound of my voice, God. Oh, shift the atmosphere even now, God, so you can move in the place that you want to move on tonight, God. And even after we get off this call, let it be a ripple effect throughout the night and through the daytime. And through the weekend, God, yes, God, in the name of Jesus, so you can get your glory. I thank you for confirmation, revelation, illumination that you will give your sons and daughters in the name of Jesus Christ. And we give you the glory, God. We give you the honor, God. And we give you the praise in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Good evening, everyone. Once again, my name is Apostle Joanne Steve Hall. I apologize for my voice being a little scratchy, um, but I pray that you all can hear me clear. Amen. So when I know I had to be coming before you tonight, I went before the Lord in prayer. And I asked the Father, what did he want me to share with the body? Because the one thing that I have learned as I've been walking with the Lord, um, there's so many things that we can share, um, you know, come with different topics or titles or cliches. But one thing that I learned as I've been in my journey with the Lord is you want to hear what the Father wants you to say to the body. It's very critical as man and woman of God, when the Lord brings us before his people to really hear what the Father wants you to say to his children. Because it's very, it's very critical because you're speaking into people's souls. And you want to make sure that you're directly hearing from the Father. And as I was spending time with God, and I was asking the Lord, what should I say, share with the body? And the Lord kept on bringing to me consecration. He said, I want you to share with my people consecration. He said, the lifestyle of a, a lifestyle of a consecration with the body of Christ. I know a lot of us right now, some of us are ready started, some of us in between, some of us coming out, some of us are getting ready to go into fasting. I believe a majority of people in around the world right now are fasting, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, and they are spending the time with the Lord, and there's a difference between fasting and having a consecration life. Fasting is just for a moment, but consecration is something that you do permanently for the Lord. And there's different type of consecration that you do when you're entering into ministry, when you're entering into the call that's upon your life. And the Father had laid on my heart this evening to share with the body consecration, but if I had to give a subtitle to what I'm speaking on tonight, it would be Revival Start With Us. Revival Start With Us. And the definition of consecration, it's, um, it means full devotion. So you fully devoted into God. It's the kind of devotion that sets you apart and make you sold out to the Lord. Repeat that again. It, it means full 
devotion. It's the kind of devotion that sets you apart and makes you sold out to the Lord. So in, in other words, you know, like I said, fasting is for a pretty good moment of time. You may put your food down. You may not watch TV. Some people may not be talking. Some people may not eat certain food. That is for a, a, a moment. But when your consecration is something totally different from fasting, this is something that God asks you specifically to come, and that is something you do for, for your whole entire life. And I always tell people when I minister to people, there's a difference between fasting and there's a difference between consecration. Amen? As believers, we are called to consecrate. This means living a life surrendering to the Lord, accepting his will for us and seeking it. Seeking his will each day is a devotion that causes us to be laying down our agendas, and pick up the Lord agenda. So when you're consecrated, sometimes, you know, God may tell you, don't cut your hair. Sometimes you may tell people, wrap their hair for a while, and they can't touch it. There's different things that God appoint and assign. This is why it's very important that when God calls you into a consecration life, you have to go before Lord, and he will give you the instruction how to go before the consecration. And that is something between you and the Lord. It's not a public thing. It's something sacred, which means it's private between you and the Lord because he is setting you apart for the task that he's calling you to do, for the things that he's requiring of you as a man or woman of God. Amen. From the New Testament believers, meaning to return, turn to a life surrendered to the Lord. We have to be made right before the Lord at the point of salvation. So there's no works in consecration. So in other words, you have to like, there's no self, it's all God. You're going to deny yourself. So I give an example about the hair. Sometimes God may say he doesn't want you to eat a particular uh, meat. He'll tell you get off the bread. He'll tell you get off no meat. And now you are going to a lifestyle where you won't eat meat, but you'll eat other things because there's certain things that he's preparing you for, the task, the, 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 um, the assignment that he's calling you. It's different things for different people, and it's for different purposes. And those instructions come straight from the Lord. Amen? So no works in it because when the Lord, when you go before God and he brings it to you, He's going to give you instruction, detail to detail, what you need to do. And once you get those instructions, then you move into that lifestyle of consecration. Amen? Being consecrated to the Lord means set apart from his purpose and chosen to live a holy life that honors and brings glory to the Lord. As, as God opened our eyes, to understand consecration, see, see just how compassionate and complete this is the life of a believer. And I want to stop here before I go further and start the scriptures. It's a beautiful thing when you set yourself apart, the consecration lifestyle for the Lord, because when we accepted Christ as our personal Savior in our lives, 
the work just started. We got more work to do. So the consecration of being a, having consecration is a, also a part of sanctification. So just because you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's just the beginning work. There's more works you got to do. There's some more things that God got to do, and that's the daily process. So when God calls you into the call you in the place in of consecration, there's another another layer that He wants to take you. He's taking you a little bit deeper in Him, and that's not something that you do as a group. That's something you do individually. That God will come and speak to you. But like I said before. Spending more time with God, he's going to reveal that to you. He'll come to you, he'll speak to you in your dreams, vision, he'll share it to you in the word. He will confirm to you when he's calling you into that lifestyle of consecration. So you want to be, you want to wait to hear the voice of God in that particular um, direction because it's not something you just do because that would be like you're doing it works. That's something that the Holy Spirit will lead you in it. You would know because one thing I can say, um, um, the body of Christ saints, is this. Whatever God wants his children to do, he will constantly keep on repeating it. The Lord is not um, impatient with his children. We are, as his children, impatient with him. So whatever God requires of us to do, he will continue making it plain and clear to us because God knows us. So whatever God requires you to do, he will let you know. Amen? So we're going to go to a couple of scriptures that I would like to read tonight. We are called to be set apart. The first scripture we're going to read tonight is Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 to 22. And I'm coming from the NIV. Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty to twenty-two, and it says, "In a large house there are articles, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, and some are for common use." Those who clean themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Verse 22, flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with these who call on the Lord out of a prayer heart. Second Timothy chapter two, NIV, first verse twenty to twenty two. And that is that is example of call to be set apart. Amen. The next one we're gonna go to is Romans chapter twelve, verses one and two, NIV, and it says, Our lives should be consecrated to the Lord. And this is an example of how to consecrate our life to the Lord. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, NIV. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. And this is an example our lives should be consecrated to the Lord. Amen. The next scripture we're going to go to is Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. And this is, we are new creatures in Christ, and the old has gone and the new has come. This is an example. Second Corinthians 5, verse 16 to 21 is what I'm going to read. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regard Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was wrecking, wrecking the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were made his appeal to us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I think I went a little further. Hell no, I'm not. And God made him who had no sin to be sent for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And this is an example of we are new creation in Christ. The old has gone and the new has become. Second Corinthians 5 verses 16 to 21, NIV. There's no place for compromise in the life of a believer. Christ is there, the king of all, and he is he. Is he. Even today, we must choose who we will serve. You know, coming to the life of Christ, you have to make a conscious decision. Like, when you accepted Christ in your life, he's everything now. So you have to make a constant decision to honor the Lord and everything that he desired from us. And I'm not saying that you're going to change right away, but you should make an effort every day to be different a step after step. And that's constantly making sure that you spend, you stay connected with God. That's the only way <clears throat> that you're going to be able to see different changes, result, and a growth in your walk. Amen? In these days which we are living in, crucifying that we, are, we consecrate, fully committed and devoted to one who died and redeemed us. We are, we are out of time. There's no time to be lukewarm. 
So meaning that, what do you mean by that? Meaning that you can't have one foot in and one foot out. Oh, I'm going to do God today. Mm, I don't feel like doing God today. Mm, I'm, I'm going to pray today. Mm, I don't feel like reading my Bible today. You, you, can't, you can't do that. You know, some people say, yes, I can. I have a choice. You're right. But you don't want to fully get into God and slip out because it's, not, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a little challenge because now you got to, like, get your foot back in it. You want to stay in the midst of God. You want to stay in your relationship with God. For you to grow in God, you want to be all in. Now, everybody has different places in God. The key thing, and I tell anybody this, consistency is everything. Just like you want people to be consistent with you, you should be consistent with God. A relationship that you created with God is both ways, not one way. Because just like you're in a relationship with different people, maybe some people got children on the line, people got grandchildren, they're married. You want it to be both ways, two ways, same concept with Jesus. When you, when you accepted Christ into your life, you came into a relationship. So you don't want to be in and out all the time because that's kind of like rocky. You, you, won't, you won't see the full benefits of the relationship. Amen. So it, it, it's good to take your time, learn God. How do you learn God? Read your word, pray, fast, fellowship. Allow God to take you in the one-on-one times when he wants to speak to you. Reveal himself to you. You know what I mean? Because God, one thing I want to say to the body of Christ, God wants to talk to his children. God loves to hear from his children. I can't stress that enough. God loves to talk to us. It's a beautiful thing, the things that the Father wants to reveal to his children. Amen. Here are some examples of consecration. One, consecration is the response of a repent heart. So repentance is very important as a believer. And I stress this enough, I spoke about it before. Anytime you come before God, you should repent. Every time. You want to give that reverence. You want to give that respect because we all fall short of the glory of God. You want to go, when you go before God, you want to repent. Take your time because we all made a mistake. Attentionally, unaware, we all made a mistake. So a consec- so consecrated is the response of a repentant heart. That's one. And then I would say another thing I would like to say is we have a tendency as a body of Christ to, to respond to something that is fake than over the, the, what's real because we allow our perception or what we see to dictate us. This is why the repenting heart is very important because when we go into repenting and we lay down our agendas and our motives, God can speak and reveal to us what's real and what's not. This is why there's, there's so much benefits in repenting. 
And I would just encourage you, body of Christ, to take your time repenting. You're not talking, I hate Holy Ghost, you're not talking to people. When you're praying, you're praying to God. Yes, people may be hearing you, but you're speaking to the Father. There should be a reverence when you go before the Lord because you're showing people how you how your relationship with God. Man is not going to be the one to make the decision. The Lord is, the Bible says, and this is a sidebar note, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, and I say this picture a lot, in verse um, 10 he says, He's the one that looks at the heart. He checks to see the motive. So when you go before God to pray, remember, God is, is, is checking your heart. Yes, people may be hearing you, but you're not praying to people. You're praying to your Father. Amen? And just to be clear, the absolute no room for hatred or prejudication in the life of a believer when we walk in closely with the Lord. So this is why repentance is important. You want to make sure you don't have no malice, no jealousy, no envy, no nothing. When you go before God, you want to make sure your heart is clear. You want to make sure you cover every area and asking God to cover every area. You don't want to have no unforgiveness. You don't want to have no malice. You don't have nothing that because you cannot go and ask God for things and you still have offense, grudges, and things. Those are blockages. This is, this is why God said, give it to me. Give me everything. Let me take care of those matters. Exchange me, give me the unforgiveness, and I'll give you love. Give me the bitterness, and I'll give you peace. He said, come to me, all who heavy and labor, and I will what? Give you rest. You have to learn how to release it to the Lord. That's the place. Giving it to the Lord, when you repent, you're releasing everything. To the Father, the Lord can handle. I hear you, God. The Lord can handle it. Nothing too big for the Father. This is why repentance is so important for us to take our time in prayer, publicly or privately. Amen. Another example of consecration: we must take the path of consecration. Seriously, we must take a stand and live in a way that shows our family, our community, the people around us that we are set apart. Not the T-shirt, not the things that you have on your car, not the music. People should be able to see the light of Christ in you. They should, you don't have to quote a scripture. You should be able to just talk regular, and they should know you. We don't need to reveal people what we have. They should be able to see the evidence of Christ in your life. Regular conversation. Just like the book of Esther. When you read the book of Esther, there's no place in there you hear 
anything God, but God was all in that book. All in the book. We must live such a way that point people to Christ. We should compel as ambassadors to Christ. We should be winning people to the Lord constantly. How we carry ourselves, how we talk, how we greet one another. Because someone's always watching. Someone's always monitoring and seeing how we carry ourselves, especially in our work environment, especially when we go to the grocery store, the laundromat, and so on and so on. Amen? Our words mean nothing at all if our lives don't first tell of the truth. That is the only way we can turn the tide of this chaos and destruction. We must return to the old path, rejecting the world and all its offerings. Choose today who we will serve, and the Lord, the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Amen. God has given us a victory over the devil. We must stand and shake off the fits, to shake him off with our fits. Remain, remind him that the Lord already has the victory over him, so that he has no hold over us. If we stay on our knees, keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our heart right before him, and seek his will with all, with all our decisions, he will honor that. And when we gather together, two or three, corporately, and repent, he will hear us. And that sounds like Second Chronicles 7.14. He's talking to his people. This is us, y'all. We got a revival. Revival start with us. When, when the Israel people finally repented, consecrated, and cleaned themselves, God ended the captivity. Their homes were restored. Naturally, people, homes restored, families came back together. When we naturally followed the repentance, the people turned, rejected the culture, and wholly followed the Lord. We can make a difference. God don't need much, saints. He wants he want to see if we have a heart and desire to want to do his will. Amen? A person consecrating to the Lord meditate on the word day and night. And these are scriptures you can write down for the time's sake. I won't be able to go through them. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. Reading the Bible is a joy and interpretation activity for someone who is consecrated to the Lord. Rise up early to meet with God. Psalms 5, 1 to 3. It's very important. I can't encourage, I can't stress this enough. You have to make time for God. You can't say, I'm a believer, and you're giving God two-minute prayer. I'm sorry, it's not going. And you got all the stuff you got to do through the day. No. Make time for God is imperative. It's like your jump start making time for the Lord. Amen. Seeking the Lord for every decision and are carefully living a life untainted by the world. What the world thinks matters little to them. Psalms 25. 
They allow them free from attitudes and behavior that are contract to the ways of the Lord. Amen. And in another scripture, I would like to leave with y'all Ezekiel 22, verses 22, 23, I should say, verse 20, 31. Ezekiel 22, verses 23 to 31. Ezekiel had a message from the Lord for the people of Israel. Israel as a people was so far away from the Lord and consumed with the culture around them that there were no... There was no one who cared about the things of the Lord. The Lord was looking for someone to bring the people back to him, but there was none to find. There was no one to stand in the gap. Thankfully, our country is not quite the same today. There are still strong believers who truly love and walk with the Lord, but serve would warn us from the needs of staying closely with the Lord. So meaning that God's looking for people that's willing to stay in the gap and be different. We have revival start with us. Amen. We need to rise up, stand in the gap, live a consecrated life that are testimonies to the world, our community, our family, and the people that surround us and reach the lost reach the lost for Christ. Amen. The consecration is a process. Following spiritual growth, strengthening, and developing as we mature in our faith. So that's a spiritual growth. And then also we got to be strengthening and we have to be developed in maturity in our faith. Because you got to remember, you're denying your flesh. So remember, like the scripture says, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, we became new creatures. So now old things pass away. So you got you gotta, to, it's, it's a process to get to, to your consecration. It's a process. As we, as we draw closer to the Lord, he will draw closer to us. Through the trials and struggles, we learn to trust him. And once we surrender and completely trust him, he will be able to consecrate ourselves to him. I'm going to say that again. Once we are surrendering and completely trust him, then we are able to concentrate ourselves to him. That is the path the Lord will like the body of Christ. We don't have to change the world by ourselves, but we need to be a part of the change. We can only take responsibility for ourselves and make sure we are living a life consecrated to the Lord. Revival start with us. Amen. Revival start with us. So I want to just encourage everyone under the sound of my voice and even these, even other people that are going to listen to this message. It start with us. We have to make a difference. One step, one day, one change. Amen. May God bless you all. Thank you. Amen.